about time, it's about space, it's about saving the human race. It's about hate, it's about love, it's about everything above. It's about war, it's about peace, it's about changing history. It's about you, it's about me, it's about time. Hello and welcome to this week's program. This program is called All In With The Lord. And every week we get together to talk about being closer to the Lord, utilizing the gifts that He's given us, and how to operate in the kingdom of Almighty God. It's no longer time for the church as a whole, quote, the church, the believers, to kind of lay up like people do in golf, where you say, well, I'm going to take not take any risks right now. It's kind of risky out there in the world, and I don't want to do that. It's not the time for the believers to do that. It's time for the believers to act like believers. You know, what you got away with when you were in kindergarten, you can't get away with today. It's time to stand up and be who you are in Christ. Have you accepted Jesus as your Lord? And what are you doing with it? Are you moving forward with the Lord? Or are you laying up? Are you hanging out somewhere and hoping it all passes by you so you don't have to open your mouth and do anything? Well, that's not what we're supposed to be doing. The body of Christ is here for a reason. You're here for a reason. And in this hour, this day, this moment, you are here because there's something that only you can do. There's someone that only you can reach. How about that? And God knew that. Our Lord God Almighty, the creator of everything. I mean the, the creator of science, the creator of the earth, the creator of the body, the creator of your mind, the creator of your soul who breathed life into you, has you planned for now, right here, right now, this day. And it's your day. It's our day to stand stand up and be who he made us to be. So let's start out here in Matthew 12, verse 33 through 37. You'll know a tree by its fruit. You ever heard that before? Either make the tree good and its fruit good, or else make the tree bad and its fruit bad. For a tree is known by its fruit. Brood of vipers, how can you, being evil, speak good things? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. A good man, out of the good treasure of his heart, brings forth good things. And an evil man, out of the evil treasure, brings forth evil things. But I say to you, that for every idle word men may speak, they will give account in the day of judgment. For by your words you will be justified, 
and by your words you will be condemned. Wow. Who's saying that? I think that was red print Jesus. That's who's saying it. So let's read it again. So you, it's, he's first of all, starts out, either make the tree good or make it bad. Who? You. You have a choice. So many times in the Bible, we are referred to as trees. Trees that are growing. Trees that are blooming or blossoming or growing up, becoming stronger. Well, he's saying here, you either make your tree good or make your tree bad. You make it. For it's known by its fruit. Then he says, brood of vipers. What's a viper? What is a viper? Relates to a snake. Brood of snakes who come from where? Lucifer, the main snake, who was ordered to be a snake and crawl on the ground on his belly. That's who we are before we accept Christ, a brood of vipers. So, brood of vipers, how can you, being evil, speak out of the good treasure? I mean, speak uh, out of being uh, evil, speak good things. You can't, because all you do is grow up with everybody around you talking evil, complaining, 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 complaining about everything. And complaining never got anybody in the Bible anywhere other than left out of the equation. When they were, <clears throat> when they came back and, and said, should we go and take that town? And all the people were complaining, oh, they're too big, they're giants, they're giants. And one or two people came back and said, hey, not a big deal. Our God is with us. We can do this. We can do this. Out of the evil, out of sin, comes out of your mouth, evil, out of your heart, brood of vipers. But when you accept Jesus, you are born again, and you are supposed to take control of your tongue. That's what he says. Don't let the tree be bad. Let it be good. A good man out of the good treasure of his heart. Now you have Jesus in there, so it should turn to a good treasure of your heart, brings forth good. So a follower of Jesus brings forth good, not bad. Let's get that straight. Anybody going around judging other people, condemning other people, and that goes for people you don't like either. Just keep your mouth shut. You don't have to go around and condemn people that you don't like. And that goes for politics. Stop it as a Christian. Stop it. Start praying for them. God will honor your prayers, not your condemnation. Your condemnation will get you in trouble, all of us. That's why if you don't like what's going on in the news, turn it off. You can do that and turn on the Word of God. But I say to you that every idle word... Now think about this. This is Jesus. Are you going to erase it? Let me get the white out. We don't want to, we don't want to hear about this line. I say to you, every idle word 
you speak, will you will give account for. You're going to give account for every word. The one thing that God gave each one of us to make us like Him was the ability to speak, but not just to speak, that everything we say would immediately begin to materialize. Now, thank God that He made time slow it down a little bit so people just didn't kill themselves with their own words. Instantly. That's killing me. My, it's killing me. It's, 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 I don't even remember them anymore because I, I've isolated them out of my brain. But <clears throat> everything we say, it, it, it immediately, in the quantum world, in the physics world, in the science world, is responding to what you say. Right or wrong, good or bad, it's responding. And a lot of people, don't like the way their life is. And you are under the judgment of your own words. You're being judged right now because of your words. Your words, my words, create a world in which we live. Period. The end. You're going to have to give account for every idle word. What does that mean? Someday, there's an analytics report. Oh boy, you like analytics? You like Google Analytics? You like to get on the computer and see all the data? Well, you're going to see all the data, all the analytics for every single word that you spoke in this earth. God's going to sit you down and show you exactly what that word did. It went somewhere. It did something. It either did it to you or did it to someone else. But it is, you're just like God. God created everything when he spoke. And he made you and I just like him. We're made in the image and likeness of God. It's time we take the blinders off. We're no longer in kindergarten. We can't play church. You can't play religion. You've got to take God's word and read it. I I mean, it's amazing to me how we are so narrow because of what we've learned from others. Widen your scope by allowing the Holy Spirit to transform you. Read the Word. This is Jesus. Are you going to dispute Jesus? Are you going to tell me Jesus kind of made a mistake here and didn't know what he was talking about? Because if you are, you might as well turn this program off because it's useless to you. I'm telling you, for every idle word you speak, you will give account in the day of judgment. Now, thank God for his mercy. His mercy will deliver us. And we'll talk about that later. So you you will be delivered from it, but you will see in the judgment day, you will see what you did with your words. You have been given every day the ability to sow seed by speaking. And that seed is doing something in this earth. I laugh. 
at people who think they have it all figured out on the climate, on the world, on everything. Because what's coming out of people's mouths are what's causing the climate to have a problem. It's what's the sin in men and women that comes out of their mouth. Global, if there's going to be global warming, and you're not going to like it when Jesus returns. That's a different kind. But right now, it's the sin in the tongue of men and women that are causing any havoc in this planet. And you can do all you want to do with all the science that you think you've got, and you're not going to put a dent in it until you control your tongue. And as a Christian, we need to know that. I don't claim to know anything other than the Word of God. And God's Word is final authority in my life. Final authority. Final authority. Not the news. Not science. Not the guy that lives next door that made a billion dollars and all of a sudden is is a brainiac. It is the Word of God. The creator of the universe got his word into the earth, and we have his word, and he ref- he will not break one of his words. He cannot break one of his words. So this divine creator, this holy divine creator, and I, 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 I even though I, I, I want to say God, I want to say the orchestrator of the universe, because people want to say they're just believing aliens created us and they're coming back. And yes, if you want to call God an alien, call him an alien. But you are going to sit in front of that guy called God, that, that, that organizer of the universe, one day and give account, because he made it that way. It's not going to be what you want. It's going to be the way he organized it. <clears throat> and heaven <clears throat> has order to it. It's not disorganized. So when you go up to heaven, when you get there, if you get there because you accepted Jesus and through his mercy you get there, you're not going to have a say in how it runs in the sense of, I want to change this or that. That's what Lucifer did. He wanted to change heaven. He wanted to replace God. And look where it got him, kicked out. And it got him embarrassed. It got him a lot of things. But he is the lowest of the low right now here on this planet. Yes, he is the God of planet Earth. And people who don't know any better allow that God to tell people what to think and what to say. And he controls the media. He controls a lot of churches at this point. I hear messages that I cannot believe come out of churches and a lot of different what we call religions. So Lucifer hates the fact that you and I are made in the image and likeness of God. But I say to you that for every idle word that men may speak, they will give account on the day of judgment. They're going to fast forward your life in front of you and show you what your words did. For by your words... You will be justified, and by your words, you will be condemned. Wow. Wow. You're going to be condemned by your words. In other words, when you go to God and say, hey, I was praying for this, 
And why didn't you come through? Why didn't you do it when I wanted it? Well, he's going to show you why. And I'm betting heavily that it had to do with something else you were saying in between the prayers. And that you, yes, you, in your own words, hindered God's word from having final authority. God's word is final authority. God's word is final authority. And so when we take God's word, his promises, and apply them to our life and speak them with confidence. I'm, I'm using the word confidence because I think we use the word, you got to believe it, but I think people say, I believe it. But they don't have confidence. The confidence is in the, the believing has confidence to back it, that it's going to come to pass. It's going to come to pass. So with confidence, we speak God's word. God has billions of angels in this planet waiting to carry out his word when spoken with confidence and belief. That's the purpose of these angels, to make sure that no part of his word ever returns void. He's going to show you that. The Bible says that God's word never returns void. He's going to sit you down, sit me down, and show us that his word never returned void concerning our lives. That it came to pass. Now, our words, the Bible also says that we are stout against God in certain areas where you have an opinion. And your opinion or your thought is, well, that isn't going to work. Or I, I, I deserve to be go through this and suffering and all that. Hey, listen, God's mercy delivered you from everything. You may not want to accept mercy. So forgiveness is one thing. Mercy is a whole different thing. And we're going to talk more about that. But here in Matthew 13, verse 10 and 11, it says, And the disciples came to Jesus, and they said to him, Why are you always telling stories? Why are you speaking in parables? Can't you just give it to us straight? (laughs) And he answered and said to them, Because it has been given to you, the disciples, to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. But to them other people over there who haven't accepted me yet, that's what he's saying, it's not been given. In other words, the disciples who were with him wanted straight talk. And Jesus is always telling a parable, always talking about a story. And stories are the best way to get people to relate to what we're talking about. Because they don't, if they haven't yet accepted Jesus, or even if you've accepted him, but you're not, no confidence in the acceptance. I know people say, yeah, I go to church. I'm, I'm a Christian. There's no, there's no confidence in what they're saying or believing. They show up at church because it gives them, brownie points or something. I don't know, because it makes them look good to the community. They want to be an upstanding person. You can't earn it. 
You can't earn God's grace. God's grace and mercy are a free gift. Yes, you should go to church, but not for the reason of being seen. For the reason of the fact that you are there to commune with the Father, take a little time out of your, t- your day where you can relax and just focus solely on the Word of God. Now, I do that every day with the Word. I mean, I, I don't want to, I can't even start a day without an hour or two of communing with the Word. Now, that's grown in me over, over years, but I don't know how, I wouldn't want to do what I used to do. Jump up, if you're lucky, grab a shower, get dressed, and you're out the door to go to work or do whatever you're doing, and not prepare your mind for the day. Go out, get in the car, turn on the radio, and whatever's on there, or whatever song, with, with words, by the way, songs all have words, and you might think those words don't mean anything, but if you're pouring them into your mind, they're dropping down into your heart, and your subconscious mind is going to bring it to pass. It's going to bring it to pass because every word. And then when somebody says something to you and you start answering with song lyrics that you got from a song and you think that's the, that's the truth, your whole life starts to form itself around a song. You think I'm kidding? I mean, this is real. Every idle word. But that's the way a lot of people still live, man. You're in the car. You got to get to work. You, you, you know, you got a family to raise. You got kids. You come in the door at night. You're tired, and the kids want to play or they want to do stuff. And you, you, you say things you don't even mean. You say things you don't mean <clears throat> because you might say, "Ah, let me alone," and you don't mean that. You love them, but you, your 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 whole day was formed. By everything that went on, you jumped in the car, you turned on the radio, you got to work, heard the complaining, and and if you're lucky to have a boss that is positive, that's great. But if not, you're getting beat up all day. You got to handle the situations, do what you got to do, and then hop in the car, listen to the radio, get back home, walk in the door, get bombarded, and and you know you might kick the cat, scream at your wife a little. And you wonder, why am I doing that? You're doing it because you're a product of the environment you created. And we do that with our tongue. Every idle word. The law of the tongue. The law of the tongue is so profound. It is so predictable every time. You know, a law of nature or a law of science means there's something they can count on that every time it's done, you get that result. And it's the same thing with your tongue. When Jesus went, was walking along the road and went up to the tree to get figs and the tree had no figs on it. And he was hungry, I guess that day. But I think, see, Jesus was a preacher, but he was also a teacher. And when he spoke to that tree, and he said, let no one ever eat fruit from you again, he knew, he already knew what his words were going to do. His confidence, 
And knowing what his words would do is so was so high that in 24 hours when they came back up that road, Peter's yelling, look, look at this tree, master. This is the one you cursed yesterday. It's shriveled up by the roots. Do you think Jesus was surprised? No. He knew that every word that he spoke with power and confidence was going to come to pass. And you say, but but Art, that was Jesus. Yes, it was. And he's in you. He's in me. And he's giving over to you the power that he had when he did it. What are you doing with it? Cursing people? Yelling at people? Yelling at yourself? Cursing yourself? I don't know. But stop it. If it's not a positive, uplifting, powerful, confident thing you're saying, zip it. You and I need to grow up. Stop acting like, well, that doesn't work for me. That faith stuff, you know, that doesn't work. That sounds like the name it and claim it bunch. What the heck are you talking about? Read the word of God and find out the truth. I'm tired of listening to broke, busted, sick, and disgusted Christians that don't have a clue because they haven't picked up the word and read it. Shake yourself. Dust yourself off, man. Pick it up. Get the word of God into your heart, into your soul, and begin to change your environment. You will give account for every idle word. That's what God, Jesus, told us. Boy, I get stuck on one scripture for a half an hour, you know? It's amazing. You could probably talk about it for a week. Because Jesus said it. And if Jesus said it and did it, it's a good chance that we should be doing that too. Because we are made in the image and likeness of God. And Jesus, the one you claim to have accepted as your Lord, and you got born again, is in you wondering what you get born again into if you're not using me, if you're not using what I have shown you. No longer can we say, well, I just didn't know. Yes, you do know. Yes, you do know. You just aren't doing it. It's like trying to start exercising every day. Yes, you know what you should do, but you just aren't doing it. It's time to be a doer of the word, not just a hearer. Because hearing it passively, yeah, I know. I should really do more with this. And yeah, I do. I go to church. I I mean, I take my family. I do these things. But are you really passionate about the Word of God? The one thing that I know that I've learned is to be passionate and to believe and to have confidence. I pray every day that my confidence in Jesus operating His faith in me grows every day to a point where I just speak like he speaks and act like he acts. Yeah, that would be scary if we had a lot of Jesuses walking around who talked that boldly. But that is what we're called to do, my friends. When will you pick up the mantle of Jesus the Christ 
and go with us all as we march forward in this hour to get the job done. We're going to take a uh, commercial break and we're going to be right back after these messages. It's about time, it's about space, it's about saving the human race. It's about hate, it's about love, it's about everything above. It's about war, it's about peace, it's about changing history. It's about you, it's about me, it's about time. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and heal their land. 2 Chronicles 7.14 WFYL reminds you to pray for America. WFYL, King of Prussia, Philadelphia. It's about time, it's about space, it's about saving the human race. It's about hate, it's about love, it's about everything above. It's about war, it's about peace, it's about changing history. It's about you, it's about me, it's about time. And we are back. We take these commercial breaks because we pay for everything that we're doing. You know, the Lord has a plan. And in that plan is being productive for the Lord. So whoever is sponsoring programs like these on this station, you need to support, and you need to do it on purpose. And that you do that because it is another way to expand the ministry of this program. Okay, so we're talking about knowing a tree by its fruit. What kind of tree are you growing? Are you a tree that is broke, busted, sick, and disgusted, complaining all the time? Or are you a tree of life, bringing life, opportunity, compassion, love, mercy, confidence, uplifting people? That's what we need to be. So let's read here, just in, in wrapping up that part of what I was talking about with the tongue, just in case you, you think it's only one place in the Bible. Proverbs 18.21, and it's many places. I'm just not doing all them today. Proverbs 8.21, New King James Version. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. What does that mean? Death and life are in the power of the tongue. So those who love death will eat its fruit. Those who love life will eat its fruit. You know, you go back to the Garden of Eden. We're talking about the same tree of life where Adam had to eat from the one where he, you know, of good and evil. That's where that's what got us all into trouble. And now God's telling us you now have a choice to stop eating from the tree that Adam ate from. We know we're gonna a lot of people want to still blame Adam. You get to, to, to judgment and find out it it's changed. Ever since Jesus, it's changed. Jesus got it all back. He took back what Lucifer stole from Adam, and he's dangling it in front of each one of us. You got to take it. You got to learn it. You got to put it into your heart. Let it come out of your mouth. Death and life 
are in the power of your tongue. Those who love death will continue to talk like you're dying. Oh, you don't know. Yeah, you don't know how bad it is in my life. You don't know. I prayed God didn't come through. You, where is he when I need him to be here? I'm get, who, what God would allow kids to die? What God would do this? What God would do that? That's what you hear because people were unaware that Lucifer became the God legally of planet earth and the people who are complaining the loudest are serving him with their tongue. They're serving Lucifer with their tongue by complaining against God. How can God help you if you're losing Satan in your life by saying things that are contrary to the Word of God? God wants to help you. He's got angels standing on, on, a si- on each side of you, waiting, billions waiting in the wings. All you need to do is take control of your mouth and start speaking God's Word only over your life. You can transform your life. That's right. In 90 days, you can turn everything around just by silencing your tongue. Amazing stuff. I know people say, boy, that guy, he gets out of control, meaning me, you know. Uh, He just gets out there. Yeah, I'm really out there. I'm going so far out that I'm not sure I want to come back. I want to go and I want to see God's Word manifesting. I want to see it manifesting every day. And it's not God's fault if it doesn't. Guess what? He already arranged for that. He already arranged for that. Jesus' love and mercy, God's Word and Jesus' love and mercy, there is nothing you have to do except receive what God already did and be obedient by speaking His Word into the earth. So let's read Hebrews 1, verse 1 through 3. It's a supreme revelation, it's called. God's supreme revelation. God, who at various times and in various ways, spoke, spoke in times past to the fathers by prophets, has in these last days spoken to us by his Son, whom he has appointed heir. Of all things, the, through whom also he made the worlds, and who being the brightness of his glory, and express image of his person, and upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had by himself purged our sins, sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. All right, let's go through this. I'm telling you, this is good stuff. God, God the creator, the divine, amazing, wonderful, you want to call him alien, creator, designer, of all that you and I know. At various times, in various ways, had he used the prophets to get his message to man. But in these last days, in these last days, now, since Jesus did what he did, it's 2,000 years, so this must be the last of the last. But in these last days, 
has spoken by his son. Jesus came. So everything from the past through the prophets is old news. It's old news. It's Old Testament. It's old news because now we have Jesus, the son, who, who God appointed heir of all things. Wait a minute. What's an heir? Somebody who inherits everything. Jesus inherited all of the earth back. He got it all. Everything that Lucifer stole, everything, every little thing, (coughs) Jesus is heir to it. He got it. You believe that? You have confidence that Jesus got it back through whom he made the worlds. What? Through whom he made the world? Yeah, Jesus. Jesus was there in the beginning when God said, (coughs) Jesus is the one who said it. God and Jesus are one. Jesus said, light be. You believe that? Go read this. Through whom also he made the worlds, who being the brightness of his glory and the expressed image of his person, and upholding all things by the word of his power. So Jesus was present when the worlds were formed. He stood by God as God and spoke it. The same creator who made the world we're living on came to die for you and me came and lived on this earth to die for us, defeat the enemy and take it, get, take it back. Well, you say, why didn't he just take it back from Satan? Because legally, God cannot violate one part of his word, or he would not be God. He could not just rip it out of Satan's hands and kill Satan. Because then all of the rest of the universe, all of the angels, all creation would fear God instead of loving him. And God is love. God is love. And love causes all of the universe to stay in balance. If love is withdrawn, everything collides, erases, goes away, including you. So you want to eliminate God from your life? It won't be very long, but a few split seconds after God no longer exists, when you don't exist. Isn't that the irony of it? That we're upheld by his word, and his word upholds the universe and all that's in it. So Satan once wanted to take the earth, and he wanted to take man, because each man, each one of us, is made in the image and likeness of God. So if he gets control of your tongue, it's as if he has God working for him. And he does in a lot of cases. He's got a lot of people working for him. He thinks he's God of gods. But we know better. Jesus is Lord of lords. Jesus is Lord of lords. Who are the lords? You and I. Little lords. But we are God's gods. He made us like him. Not big G. Little g, but you are in that realm. You are in that class. You're in the God class. You say, Art, what are you talking about? Wake up. 
Jesus came, shed his blood, went to the cross to get the message out. You aren't a mere man. You are a born-again child of God, made in his image and likeness, and you've been given dominion over this earth. <clears throat> and people walk around like, oh, boy, boy. Some people, when you call them up on the phone every day, you got to pump them up like a tire. You feel like, how flat are you today? Before you can have a conversation. I, I, I don't know what to say. Jesus is Lord. How many times and ways can we say it? Jesus is Lord. Jesus is in you. What does that make you? You're the carrier of the Lord of Lords. He loved you so much that the God who created the universe came down into the earth, lived on the earth, and went to the cross, felt every pain imaginable that any man or woman could feel. He felt it. Then went into the pit of hell and by faith came out of there defeating Satan and every demon, knowing that God the Father was going to come to his rescue. Jesus had to willingly put himself in the hands of the enemy to be tortured knowing that God the Father would not ever desert him. And you have that same Jesus, the Christ, inside of you. The Spirit of Jesus the Christ is in you. And the Holy Spirit in us is our communication restored to the divine King of Kings, the divine Lord of Lords. The king of the universe is alive inside of you. Why don't you act like it? Oh boy, it's exciting, isn't it? We are to wake up, <coughs> awaken. That's who we are supposed to be right now. Wow, it's fun, isn't it? And the, and the best part is the angels are watching over us. Billions of angels looking to please God. How do they please Him? By carrying out the mission that he, they were sent on. There are angels waiting for you to decree God's Word in your life so they can see to it that it comes to fruition. There are harvesting angels that are waiting to go into the fields, bringing back the harvest for what you have sown. If you're a tither and a giver, Mark 4.11, sower sows the word, they will bring it back, pressed down, shaken together, and flowing over. Release the harvesting angels. Dispatch them. I often tell people we are angel dispatchers. Their job is to go bring it in. Bring in my harvest today, according to the word according to the blood of Jesus. Oh, but Art, I'm not worthy of all that. That's where God's mercy comes in. His mercy delivered you. You can't ever be worthy enough, but you are made worthy because Jesus the Christ is in you. If he's in you, then you are worthy because he and his spirit are in you. You've been returned to the tree of life. You are drinking from the rivers of living water. You are hearing from the King of Kings, 
and the Lord of Lords. Yes, you. And whether you feel like you're worthy, think you are, <clears throat> does not matter to God. What matters is that you've accepted His free gift. And it's a free gift. Any religion tells you you have to earn your way into heaven is wrong. It's a free gift. Mercy. Love. <clears throat> you cannot earn it. Yes, you are to be obedient to God's Word. And because you love Him, love others. But it's not your works that get you in. It might earn you a higher place, but it's not going to get you into heaven. It's God's mercy. It's His love that gets you in. Oh boy, it's so much fun. You know, Adam, prior to the fall, was speaking and living. He was a living, speaking spirit, just like God, just like Jesus. He was made and this planet was given to him, and he said, go dominate, go ahead and rule, be, be just like me, <coughs> do it right there. <coughs> we were supposed to bring the Garden of Eden to the whole world. That's what it was supposed to be, until Lucifer caused a rebellion in heaven, came into the earth, got a hold of Adam's tongue, and took over. Now, Jesus beat him up. Yes, he did. It wasn't pretty. It was war. And God himself fought the war for you and for me. He himself put on an earth suit and did it for us and rose from the dead by faith. God having faith in himself to be able to raise himself out of where he was. And all of creation was trembling waiting to see if God could do it. Jesus, he did. And the song of Jesus continues in the earth. God gave his song. It's the sound of Jesus, and it's in this earth. But you've got to receive the sound. You've got to change the frequency you're living at. Stop vibrating at a losing frequency. Stop acting like a lost person, broke, busted, sick, and disgusted. Change your frequency. Change your tongue. Stop complaining to God. Transform your life. I know gas costs a lot of money. Declare the fact that you always have enough to pay for whatever you need. Instead of, I never have enough. Because with your tongue, you condemn yourself or you bring life into your life. I know this is a process, but we're out of time. You're out of time. You need oil in your lamp or you won't be able to see because it could get darker before it gets lighter. I do believe the church will turn this around. However, we're in a moment right now where it might get darker before it gets lighter, but don't let your tongue participate in the darkness. Lucifer wants your tongue. Don't give it to him. Okay, Matthew 9.13, but go and learn what this means. I desire mercy and not sacrifice, for I did not come to call the righteous, but to call the sinners to repentance. So, God loves the sinners. He loves you. Are you a sinner? You qualify. Are you sinning today again? You qualify. 
God's mercy. He desires mercy. He's not looking for you to sacrifice. What does that mean? You can't, I was just talking about it, you can't earn it. You cannot earn it. You cannot earn it. Use mercy. You're accepting his mercy. Father, I judge myself wrong. I judge myself wrong. Now, should I act like a sinner now? Or should I accept your mercy now? Mercy. I desire mercy. God, Jesus, suffered to give you the ability to take mercy. If you don't take it, you're slapping him in the face and saying, I don't want it. I don't, I don't want your mercy. I want, to, I want to pay the price for my sins. Believe me, you do not want to do that. You do not want to do that. Mercy means I judge myself wrong. Man, it's like it never happened. God's mercy is incredibly wonderful. I am so free of my past. I'm free of the last 10 seconds. And I'm also free from every sin in the future that I inadvertently or even on purpose commit as long as I judge myself. Because with the same measure you use to judge, you will be judged. So stop judging others, which is another story. So go and learn what the scripture says here in Matthew 9.13 in the Amplified Bible. That was the King James that I read. So I'm going to read it one more time in the Amplified. Go and learn what this means, this scripture. I desire compassion for those in distress and not animal sacrifice. For I did not come to call you to repentance, the self-proclaimed righteousness who see no need to change. And when you feel righteous or good about yourself, you think, I'm good. I don't need to change anything. You ever feel that way? I'm really, I got this. You just love it when your kids say that, right? I got this. Wow. I don't, those who, who see no need to change, but sinners who recognize their sin and actively seek forgiveness. So if you recognize your sin, if you're recognizing it, that's the same thought process that you say to yourself, I'm not worthy. But if you recognize your sin, you're under the mercy. If you recognize your sin, you will actively seek forgiveness. And that's where the mercy kicks in. But if you're someone who says, well, God won't hold that against me. I, I, I'm pretty good. Overall, I live a pretty good life. Really? There's a lot of self-righteousness in that. That's the guy who can't be forgiven because he's not even judging himself wrong. Judge yourself and you will be forgiven under the mercy of God. Under his mercy, his mercy, his mercy is what we're after. God's mercy is very, very powerful. So if we live under the mercy of God every day of our life, you get up and you confess your sins to the Lord. So look, Lord, yesterday, ah, I overtalked. I exaggerated even. You know, I don't know why I, I, I get into those zones or I do that or... Maybe I, 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 I said something to someone I shouldn't say, and maybe I gossiped without knowing it because I told something I knew to someone else, and I didn't realize I shouldn't have because now they may do something with that. We judge ourselves, and we seek forgiveness for that, but that's the mercy of God. It's already gone because now we're becoming better people. We're judging ourselves not as righteous. We're not saying, I got this. 
but we're saying, I don't got this. I need your mercy. I need your mercy. And by your mercy, I can live my life for the rest of my life being righteous in Christ. Because remember, he's in us. Jesus is in us. If you've accepted him as Lord, he's in us. And our faith that we're using is to trust that Jesus died on the cross and has redeemed us. Now, from that point on, it's his faith that he redeemed us, that purifies us. Remember, when he went to the cross and went into hell, he was believing that every person born before him and every person born after him had the opportunity to be redeemed and brought into heaven if they would simply accept him. He believed that. So it's his faith that we're relying on to get us in, not ours. Our faith just has to accept what he did. It's my faith accepting Jesus. It's Jesus now living in me, who I believe is working all the while to make the Garden of Eden in my life, to teach me to speak better, to learn better, to smart, to say the Word of God. It is Jesus all the while working within us to purify us and bring us to full completion. So in that day, when Jesus returns, he will have gotten his work done in us. It's God who is all the while creating within us the power and desire both to will and to work for his good pleasure. And I'm convinced that he who began that work in each one of us will continue until the day of Jesus, bringing that to full completion. So that's why we have a guarantee that we can live as powerful overcomers in this kingdom, in the image and likeness of God that we were made. Because Jesus is in us. He's doing the work. He's doing the work. Let him do it. Don't slow him down. Don't tell him you're not worthy. He already knew you weren't. He fixed it. The fix is in. You're delivered. You're under the mercy. And your words matter. So here we go. We're out of time. Again, the program is called All In. I hope you're all in with the Lord this week. Use your words to overcome and let Jesus be Lord. It's about time. It's about space. It's about saving the human race. It's about hate. It's about love. It's about everything above. It's about war. It's about peace. It's about changing history. It's about you. It's about me. It's about time.